Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. If you'd like to know more about the show and have an idea of kind of what's going on and where we're at in the world, visit our website where we are currently working on an online campaign guide, which you can find at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you would like to join the show or become a sponsor and help us make this podcast better, visit our Patreon account. Just search for The Adventuring Guild or our website to find a link. And by subscribing and helping us out, you can not only join our Discord to hear our episodes live, you can also become a member of the show, get some awesome merch, and represent the Guild. So thank you very much, and on with the show. Welcome to the Chaos Plan. This is a very special event that we recorded as part of the Extra Life charity stream. So forgive the little bit less than normal quality in the audio as we kind of were all situated around one mic and it was a little bit difficult to pick everybody up uh, 100%. So forgive that. And then there are a couple of weird breaks and awkward moments in here where the audio feed kind of cut out. So forgive a couple of those pauses. We tried to mark them as best as we were able to. So thank you guys very much and enjoy this charity stream. All right, so then you guys were headed towards uh, the King Islands. Um, we were talking about, oh yeah, Divinity Island. It's a little bit weird in that all the gods uh, and deities end up landing here, and uh, this is where they kind of pin down Kangor, is down at Victory Point, which is this little star down here. Uh, um, uh, is this little uh, star down here, Victory Point, where Kangor was uh, lashed to the earth and is now being used as a natural resource. But uh, because of that, uh, the, the gods having so much influence and so much power, it opened up these, these realms, these spirit realms, and these little spirit creatures now uh, have taken form. And so they protect those uh, spirits ruthlessly. And so mortal blood is forbidden to be shed there. Uh, then we have got uh, End Point Mountain, which is the large, was one of the largest mountains in the entire world until the top was basically blown off by mages. Uh, when they separated the continents uh, from Victory Point and uh, the rest of Arcanum to prevent uh, the great Tarrasque from crossing uh, across it. Because for all of the Tarrasque's uh, powers, it cannot breathe underwater and it is too heavy to swim. So it is basically stuck on this island here. And then we have got the rest of uh, uh, the Kang Islands here, starting with Kang Port, which is kind of the main one in the Sakura uh, dynasty, and then we've got other kingdoms from there, including the city of Gateway, and then the last place that you could land is either in Victory Point here, where Kangor is currently restrained uh, in a basically dead state and being harvested for resources, and then the rest of this is the desolation of Kang, which is a massive battleground of nothing but um, fallen soldiers, of ancient ruins, of that kind of stuff that were all decimated by Kangor when he rampaged through. 
So you guys have lots of options. You have the Lost Forest, you have got Pokemon Islands, you have got uh, the Valorous Mines, you have got um, the King proper uh, with all the different kingdoms, you have got the Endpoint Mountains, and you've got the Desolation of Kang. Oh, and then you have uh, Deboris's island here, and he's a maniacal mage individual. So meta-wise, Pokemon Island's all the way, but Cherno-wise would be to the body of K. You guys would also know that you have different things that you can do to earn um, objective, different objectives um, and gain different benefits. Why don't you switch to BRB for a moment? So we can get that set oh, up. Yep, we will be right back then. Uh, where are you, Streamlabs? So click. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, as uh, everybody is rocketing on this little yellow cloud towards the Kang Islands, you hear that uh, that same Chronomancer's voice uh, shout back at you, You forgot one! And a, a halfling man with wispy hair comes <laughs> rocketing towards you at the speed of light nearly and lands on that cloud. So that is what happened. Uh, uh, real quick work with Brayden and uh, we will get him caught up on what's going on. <laughs> we are now officially reaching the point where that is almost the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Jerno's <laughs> <laughs> going to be so happy he's been trying to connect with everything <laughs> for so long. So joined, uh, you look next to you, Matt. <laughs> See a six foot three cat person with his leg and hair licking himself. <laughs> you don't want to know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Braden, basically what happened is uh, you went to sleep as you normally would on the thirtieth, uh, probably tossing out coins to all of the uh, uh, homeless folks and whatnot in the docks. And on the stroke of midnight, all of a sudden, everything began to shake extremely violently. And as uh, you go to investigate, you run up by the uh, the uh, run up by the uh, mages guild, and you see a yellow cloud, and you see Bob standing on the back of it, along with three other individuals, including a flaming-haired individual, a really tall guy with a spear, and a cat man. And uh, you see the cloud rocket off, and I'm assuming you'd probably run into the mages guild, uh, and you know, wait, wait, that kind of a thing, correct? Of course, perfect uh, impression there. Yes, <laughs> I'd be, I'd probably be screaming like Kleinenstern, Kleinenstern, once more. Yep, but, we actually uh, switched out. Just rush towards whoever I know. Okay, yeah, we actually ended up switching out Kleinenstern for Magnus, so it's a different, tall, stereotypical individual. Yes. But yes, you would look a lot like Kleinenstern, probably from the back of the cloud rocketing off into the air. <laughs> Alright, and so you see this little, he almost looks like a halfling, he's a little bit taller than you, has pointy ears, uh, wearing robes of purple, and he comes up to you and he says, oh, are you with them? I speak to him in halfling and say, I don't truly know any of these people except that one with the red robe and the weird mask on, he's kind of cool I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you see, he uh, he kind of cocks his head to the side for just a moment, puts his finger up to the side of his head, and then he starts talking to you back in Catholic. It's a little bit broken, um, like maybe a, a different dialect, but um, you were able to understand most of these. Oh, well, here, let me help you get to him. And he all of a sudden raises both hands and kind of makes a shoving motion, and you are launched 
completely helpless in the air, hurtling <laughs> towards this yellow cloud, which you land with a very soft. I'd continue screaming for a few seconds after I finish my uh, descent and, and landing and just. Okay. So you land, uh, Bob would immediately recognize you. Oh, Danny, what, what are you doing here? Well, honestly, I think majority of what was going on, but uh, I'm here and I'm ready to help. <laughs> okay, awesome. Oh, these are my friends. This is Cherno. Uh, I point to Cherno, the flaming one. And this is Magnus, and I point to the tall one. And this is Scrambles, and I kind of kind of point toward him and notice that he's licking himself, and I'm kind of like, don't, and, uh, uh, this is Dandy, everybody. Uh, Scrambles his head from licking himself, and he's got a bunch of feathers hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> uh, like, are you the great master Danderbin, owner of the Steeder? I mean, you may have heard of me before from my many titles, but, um, uh-huh. yes, that is me. What, what titles? Literally pulls out his notebook and starts, like, ready to write. He kind of furrows his brow at you and is like, do you know? Sorry, say that again? What, what, what do you know? I know nothing. I just, I heard you were an amazing individual. Bob, I told you a secret in confidence. You better not <laughs> hold him. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, Dandy. I, I didn't realize you being an amazing person was, was something I wasn't supposed to share. Oh, yes, yes, that's my other title, yes. Very amazing person. Yep. <laughs> Make sure you write that one down in your little sketch pad I, I there. I wrote down amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the people are and Charles been trying to get a hold of Dander because he's had some Dander had some extracurricular activities that uh, Cherno wants. AKA, he's, the Shadows Guild wants to find out who he is and what he's doing. So that's all. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you seriously think oh, well. <laughs> your smackaroos uh, feelings to go unnoticed, did you? <laughs> I shouldn't think this far ahead. <laughs> Clearly. Which is why Cherno uh, has been sending a boot. For Lady Pug, pretty consistently, so that eventually, hopefully, uh, a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> he knows that you have a friend named Cornelius. Wonderful. An associate, so he's going to be working on that probably <laughs> after the chair in the street. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. So that's the context for anyone tuning in. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling we're going to have to constantly go back for context checks because there's so much that's happening right now. We've got the time. Yes. Yeah, the time. You've got 24 hours, Bob. <laughs> Not well, even now. Oh, well, we're counting down. All right, so you got a little countdown clock. I uh, will work on that while we keep going. Ooh, great idea. All right, so then uh, we have uh, some choices to make then, guys. We've got uh, the Lost Forest, which is the typical Legend of Zelda-style Lost Forest, where everything moves and you have no idea where you're going, except for the one uh, City of Permanence, which is the only one that is never moves. That's why it's called Permanence. Uh, we have got... The uh, Divinities Island, which is the Metaterms Pokemon Island. We have got the Valorous Island, uh, Valorous Mines, which is owned by the Valorous family. 
We've got the kind of mainland continent up here uh, with Kane Port and then the city of Gateway. We've got uh, Devoris's Island here, which is kind of a mad, crazy mage. We've got In Point Mountain, which was where massive amounts of magics were dispelled and uh, uh, basically continent splitting amounts of magic made this little channel here to keep Kangor from advancing. We've got the whole desolation of Kang down here. Um, and that desolation of Kang is nothing but ruins and uh, uh, lost armies and that kind of stuff where Kang terrorized. And then we've got Victory Point where Kang's body is still currently being used as a natural resource. So where do you guys think you want to land your Hello. cloud? Anywhere with birds is fine for me. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Bird brain. Bird brain, yes. Bird brain's on the brain. <laughs> Get hungry, you want to eat. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You guys have the donation perks. Excuse me. Um, so you guys would actually know um, that there are different advantages for clearing different areas. So let me grab that donation thing real quick so that we or not the donation, the uh, uh, chore list. So you would know that uh, you have 15 different little spikes that you can sink into these grounds in order to tie the portal in the world and stabilize it, kind of together. Uh, so you have 15 different locations that you can do that from. Um, clearing each one of them gains you different resources. You would also know that there are uh, different people within those places that would be able to help you if you were able to get them to your side. So if you visited, let's say, Victory Point, where Kangor is currently uh, being uh, tied up and used, uh, sorry, wrong kind of podcast. Uh, where Kangor is currently... You would know that if you were just to put a spike in the ground at Victory Point, that Victory Point would then become stable enough that you could go through there. If you then went through there and cleared out any of the residual magics and whatnot that's there, any of the disruptions and that kind of stuff, uh, you would know that you would then be able to access some of the services of the city uh, shops and whatnot. And if you went through and you fully eliminated all threats of magical beasts, of creatures, then the troops and whatnot, the civilians would help you out. So you would gain more allies to make more happen. So focusing on an area will get you more in the short term, but focusing on the entire area will get you less short term, more long term. So what would you guys like to do as your first point of entry, basically? Gaining allies would probably be the best chance for us to actually succeed at what we're doing. Okay. You would know that the most heavily populated area would be Victory Point, followed by Cane Port, followed by the City of Gateway. Those three would be the most heavily populated areas. Uh, Cane Port being very similar to Port City, uh, in the fact that it's kind of where everybody can, uh, can, uh, can meets at and whatnot. Uh, the City of Gateway is kind of a, a desolate place of hardened soldiers, and Victory Point is where Kangor is currently being held, so all sorts of strange magics and uh, experiments and potions and all sorts of crazy things happen there due to Kangor's influence. That sounds fun. Okay, so Victory Point then for the first one? Good by me. You guys? Onwards to victory! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Seems like the point. Alright. Seems like the point. Alright, let me pull up that PDF. Bob does look quite fetching. Uh, he's, uh, how do you say, uh, outfit is on point. <laughs> there we go. And will you do that? Can I see it there for half a second? Yeah. 
Cool. Uh-oh! I want to just get the perks list on Archimedes. Right, Thank trying you. to slide into that DM. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <clears throat> so then, as you approach Victory Point, the first thing that you notice is that the world around you or the land around you is all gray, black, ashy, gritty uh, in texture, almost as if an acid or a great fire or something had decimated the land. And as the the Nimbus cloud screams faster and faster towards Victory Point, a large beast the size of a mountain uh, is laying before you with these magical chains of different colors of radiant light uh, pinning it down. It looks to be cut open in so many different places and large harvesting crews are taking bits and pieces out of this great god beast being. The blood is being collected into large vats that is then shipped off uh, and, and you can see that the only part of the body that is not actively being harvested is the heart. Right smack dab in the center of where its chest would be and its heart would be, there are mages that are constantly casting burning spells down into it and burning away the tissue that is the heart. Every other piece of this large god beast is being harvested. So, very quickly, first, Charles going to make the comments talk about heartburn. <laughs> Second, I, can I use my book of pass to see if the CR level is okay? <laughs> You are. Uh-oh. Yeah, you can spend your action to discover what a creature's oh, type yeah. is and what is its CR rating as long as they're within 90 feet and you can see them. Okay, you continue to zoom closer and closer, you get right up to it, and when you're within 90 feet of it, you're either. If you're in the middle of it, you have to crane all the way back to see the top and lean all the way forward off the cloud to see the bottom. It is that huge. Poor crap. You try to identify the CR rating and you have the most splitting headache that you can imagine. In your book, it starts off with writing a number, and then that number kind of turns into a squiggle that just turns into a blob of ink. Ha! CR, over 9,000. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> 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 just gonna write that. <laughs> All right, so you got within 90 feet of it. You notice everything else around you. The people and the workers are. <laughs> Poking it? Poking it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Albert just poke a giant beast. <laughs> Alright, as you go to poke it, you see that there are these guys on flying mounts zipping around and they say, Hey! Knock it off! Okay. Now stop right there! He flies even closer, he grabs a, a piece of cloth, and he wipes the end of the spear. Uh, just grab, Are you going to try and pull it away if he goes to grab for your spear with a cloth? I mean, I'm going to make sure that I have a very tight grip on it. Okay. He grabs it, he wipes it off, he looks at the cloth as best he can, he says, good, you didn't get any blood on it. You have no idea what the blood of this thing can do to you. And as you're kind of looking around, you see that he's got, like, these weird large scales coming down one shoulder. And you can tell that it restricts his movement just a little bit. He says, I can tell that you're not from around here. If you come into contact with this blood and any kind of open wound or ingest any of it, bad things can happen to you. Don't eat the thing. Yeah, basically. If it's cooked all the way, you're fine. But raw blood, that'll do things to you. Oh, okay. Duly noted. I was just curious. Now, what, what are you doing here? We're, we're kind of on high alert right now. There was a huge shaking just a few seconds ago. Uh, we are, uh, he's a tourist. Exception. <laughs> 
Deception. Uh, that is going to be a 21, Bob. Well, I guess that makes sense. Uh, my insight is only a 5. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're just looking around, be sure to hit the market. they got all sorts of potions and things that you can you can do, and we can definitely use the cash. Buildings are falling apart with each shattering. Uh-huh. It has a t-shirt, Bob, that says, I came to the Kang Island to see Kang or, and all I got was a stupid shirt. Yes, 100%. <laughs> they have tunics that say that. <laughs> oh, God. They say, got Tarrasque on it. Um, <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, you guys thinking what I'm thinking? No. <laughs> when they, they look away. <laughs> Clearly not. When they look away, we pocket a vial of blood. I don't know exactly what they're defending it for, but it sounds pretty important. Oh, I can do that. Give me the vial. I've very, I've got the very sneaky hands. Here, I've got seven left. How many vials? One, seven. Oh, just just one. I don't want to be. I'll take the one vial. To fill it up, you would have to get down to either cut another chunk in the Tarrasque or go down to where some of the blood is actually being harvested. And each file you try to take, I'll have you do a separate sleight of hand check. Well, he just wants the one, so... Okay, so just the one. Just one. Alright, so you guys float all the way down to the bottom of Kangor, and it takes a significant amount of time to go all the way down on this little cloud. Is there anybody Um, near us? There are all sorts of people around you, workers of every kind and variety. Uh, All of them, though, are wearing these strange masks, and you see that even when they sweat, if sweat touches the the cloth around their face and nose, it immediately falls off. Think Rain-X, but in a cloth-type form. No liquid will stick to it all. I feel like we should be in more adequate protection to be down here. Uh, You guys get me one of those gloves. Hey, you guy! Can I touch your cloth? (laughs) Alright, so you're actively asking one of them for a mask? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, You you see one, and they they start like... Uh, I don't think you're supposed to be down here. And you want a mask? Are, are you like now working? Or are you one of the new people here? I will roll a deception oh. on that. Okay, yeah. All of you can roll deception. Whoever's going to take part in this heist, roll me a deception. Oh, yeah, we are supposed to be here. <laughs> yes. How's a three sound? <laughs> Two now ones. Just oh, one. Oh, just one. Oh, no. But mine wasn't much better. <laughs> well. I'll just tell you, she rolled a nine. Oh, that, so. is a, that is a zero. I got a fifth. Oh. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, no. No, wait, sorry, no, that, that's a that's two. That's two. That's two. two. And mine is... Deception. Oh, eleven. Eleven, and what did you get, Rain? Uh, three. Three. Okay, you're like, uh, yeah, uh, we're... We're working, and you see Magnus stomp his his glaive. Yes, I work hard, and I'm the hardest worker. The hardest worker. And you see, uh, Cherno and back off, and you're like, yeah, but we just forgot our masks. It's like, oh well, I, I guess if you need another one, that's that's fine. They're over there on the wagon. Just make sure you suit up, you know, before you do, um, and then you're gonna want to get on one of the bats. They're gonna be leaving soon. So she, she kind of looks at you two warily and kind of shoes you two off that failed. But she directs you other guys to go grab uh, these long gloves that she, you see she's wearing in this mask that covers her face. 
Yes, Turtle's going to try to put it on. Should work, I guess. Yep. Despite the flames, it still <laughs> fits on. Scrambles. Yeah, uh, Scrambles takes one, puts it on, and uh, he starts heading over to the carcass and whispers to everybody else, hey, uh, You're going to create the destruction while I gather the blood. Okay. All right, so what would you guys like uh-huh. to do on the distraction? Pull. Pull. I'm just going to pull out, little buddy. Okay. Twist it. Ow, oh, my back! <laughs> <laughs> Workplace injury! <laughs> Call OSHA! <laughs> Compensation! And I'll, I'll just kind of wander off over to the side and help a couple of uh, switches on this work on this And all of a sudden you hear just this, like, heat bag just... Oh, God. Okay. And uh, and and then um, poke another couple buttons, and all of a sudden, it'll set it on the ground. All of a sudden, you just see flashing lights and rave music. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Go ahead then, and uh, both of you roll performance, and whoever has the highest uh, is going to be the one that does that, that makes it. Oh yes, plus zero. Um, that's a, uh, 17. Oh, awesome. I rolled a 1. Nobody so. <laughs> <laughs> cares about your workplace injury. Yeah, everybody's like, what are you talking about? We're literally cutting up a corpse. We don't care what happens to you. But as that shrieking sound emanates out, everybody looks that way. Alright, you two that are gonna, are you gonna try and collect a vial of blood or... Just the one. I'm more or less going to be on guard, try and distract anyone who comes by. Okay, go ahead and roll this uh, sleight of hand check with advantage. Can I roll for... for, uh, That's a nat 20, Bob. Nat 20? Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll the perception check. I got a thing for that. Uh, My perception is... I really should just leave the character sheet open. Uh, (laughs) Okay, please. A what? It is... Oh, it'll... Uh... Ten. A ten. Alright, as you're looking around, all of this this ringing, shrieking noise in your head is making it really hard to try and concentrate on listening for people to crouch up, or to sneak up. So you've got just kind of looking around, and uh, uh, now you are able to scramble. You just, with that nat 20, you just like, pull the cork on it, you flip it up in the air, you scoop up some blood in your finger, like, woo, throw it into the vial, it lands, you catch it, cork back on, full vial of blood, zero traces of blood anywhere else. And my occupational health nurse mother would like to point out that this is great. The reason no one cares about Vanderbilt is you need to be paid for doing this work before the work is <laughs> oh my god. That is 100% it. The HR person floats in on a dragon or something and just like starts shrieking that you aren't actually getting paid for this. Move out of the way. It's <laughs> amazing. So uh, you're able to collect the blood very, very easily, and then I'm assuming you guys skedaddle before anybody <laughs> else. Vincent, 
<laughs> Alright, so uh, you guys are very easily able to, like I said, get the blood, and then are you going to skedaddle right away, or are you going to stay here and investigate this large god beast terrestrial? I mean, I mean, I'll be, uh, I guess they can, you know, investigate all they want. I'm just going to take one of these little crystals out and uh, go find some space that is free of obstruction and plant it real quick just so that we can get that taken care of. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Alright, you what see... What did we put into that And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, it's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You keep saying that. <laughs> nope, not asking. <laughs> it's not the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I look at that and I go, what if one of those chains breaks? But, I mean, that's not the problem when we die together. Go ahead, roll me an arcana check. Um, <laughs> this is where your 20 comes in, I know. That is actually a 14. A 14. These chains made of this radiant celestial type energy. You've probably seen something like it in, uh, I don't remember, I think it's... I remember, but in, in, in the lashing type ability where you can lash somebody and then rip them back, that ability, I don't remember, is it Jack's Luminaire? Uh, probably. Okay, yeah. but there's, yeah, in Numenera there's lashing ability. It's kind of like that, but all of these chains are as thick around as a person's torso. So this is like the most ridiculously strong energy-based chain that you can imagine. And that's why I doubly say, what happens if you know, even just one of these chains breaks. I don't know, but it'd be pretty cool. Uh. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, that, I think they told us to plant these things in the ground. Yep, they said to plant them in the ground uh, in each area. No, I mean, if you want to take this one and go poke a tarad, poke, poke this thing with it, I mean... Yep, you've got 15 total of them. I'm keeping track. I'm uh-huh. just gonna... Crunk. Oh, wait, uh, just before I'm like, do we know what would happen if we stab it into the heart? I'd rather you can, oh, if you attempt to, so freaking cool. yeah, as you're looking, uh, if, let's see, the blood channels would be on that side. So you could see, if you backed up a little bit, you could see the big opening where these mages are constantly streaming all this energy, and it's far enough above you that you would even probably die from the flames if you tried to get in there and stab it directly in the heart. That got the hand crossbow. Yeah. We shoot it into the heart. Yeah. As much as I'd love to bring upon the inevitable li- apocalypse, I think perhaps we should just end it somewhere else. Can I just point it? I'm with him on this one. Where, where, it worries me when Danderman is the same one in the group. It wouldn't bring the apocalypse. Yeah, right. the island, you can't swim. The DM told us that like 20 minutes ago. At the, at the same time, I do believe we, you know, we are on a time crunch to save the world. I feel like you know, they, they handed us a bunch of these to go save the world. Not Fine. <laughs> so what you're saying is we stab all of them into the heart of the of Kango. <laughs> Where's a Yatling hand crossbow when you need it? I'm just going to stab it into the ground. We're like, moving on. Alright, you stab it into the ground, and as you let go of it, it feels not like it's sticky, but almost like it's those magnetic things. It's a little bit difficult for you to let go, and it feels solid. Like, it feels like you could hit this, the terrestrial could step on it, and it wouldn't be able to move the shutter. It is there in the ground, like a beak. And where would you stick it in relation to the terrestrial? Would you put it farther away? <laughs> 
would you find it farther away from the Tarrasque in those blood channel type areas, or would you find an inconspicuous spot behind like some carts and wagons, or would you try to hide it at all? I, I, I as far as hiding it, I don't know. I mean, I was just told to go stick it in the ground. I try to get away from this thing just because I am, you know, what if one of those chains breaks? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't want, so I, you know, I get as far away as I conceivably can while still, you know, not getting too far away and just kaplunk. All right. You approach, scroll, 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 scroll. All right. Um... You see that there is uh, a single opening. This entire area is walled all the way around. You guys kind of flew over the walls. You see that there is a single opening that leads out into the rest of the city proper. Um, and if you don't, and there's a lot of people that way, the blood runs uh, kind of 90 degrees to that opening down towards the south and out of the city. So if you head away from the blood and all that kind of stuff, you see that there are several, it looks like almost processing shops up to the north there where there's some people but they seem to be you know taking some of the blood out of the vats and they boil it and seem to be doing some sort of uh, magical tests on it there's other ones that are carving up sections of meat and carving bone chunks and scales and that kind of stuff and they're processing it so you're able to put it uh the the dart behind one of those shops kind of out aware of where nobody can really see it and as you let go of it and you feel that that's a new solid place, you notice that they're, they're boiling that blood with uh, magic, magical fire. And uh, you notice that the flames start to pull towards that, that dart just a little bit. Not noticeable, but almost like, you know, a candle if there's a wind or something like that. Um, Capsule issue. Uh, so uh, you see that the, the flames are slowly kind of leaning that way. Not that they're actively moving, but almost like a wind is blowing them towards where that crystal was. And you see, go ahead and give me the perception check to see if you actually do see this. No! He sees nothing. I have a 15. <laughs> Four. I rolled it. We got a non-nat 20. I got a natural 20. Damn. <laughs> Danderman uh, being really miffed that nobody cares about his injured back is glaring at everybody in turn. And as you're glaring, uh, you glare up at the <laughs> yeah. You glare up at the mages that were shooting that fire into the heart cavity of, of this beast, and they all look right at where Magnus just stuck that crystal into the ground. You would notice this as well, Scarlet. There's enough people there that they can pinpoint that you were the one that did it, but they can feel something that direction. I yell out. Hey, everybody, look over there. And then I point in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that going to be persuasion or deception, Buck? Uh, they rolled a four. So we'll just roll whichever and see. If it's higher than four, you got it. Hmm. Well, my modifiers for both skills are five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Not an that one. So everybody's like, what? what? What's going on? And they all kind of look that direction. And do you sneak away when that's happening? I don't sneak. Actually, that being said, I have a plus three to my deck, so you know what? That's a that's a twenty. Yeah, you are very easily able to uh, sneak past all these workers that are, uh, you know, very focused on what was going on, and then that shout and all the other craziness that has just happened—they're kind of on edge. So they are all looking the other direction as you sneak out of that area. Although, as we get ready to leave, I will set up just saving the world. <laughs> okay. That you get some odd looks at that, but uh, nothing too like nobody really 
hones in on that. So now that you have planted that spike into the ground, you guys feel a bit of a charge build up in you, like a like a kind of static electricity almost. So all of you, somewhere on your character sheets, mark down that you have one source point. So this source, uh, you'll find out later, can be used to reconstruct the world after maybe something happens. I'm not going to give away that you're going to have to actually use these or anything. Um, so, wait. Does Churl <laughs> understand this at all? Churl would feel a definite pull towards that crystal shard, almost as if some of your magic and everything was was there. It is drawn to... I was like, if Churchill suddenly gets an idea that he can start remaking the world as he sees fit... Oh, the source thing. No, you would just feel a charge of not quite magic, but almost as if you're holding a really high-level spell ring. Okay. So, uh, we then, as you guys, you know, feel that uh, uh, Magnus starts walking away and scrambles, you throw that diversion up, and Churchill, you're kind of putting your magical senses over towards that dart feel some static charge, almost as if it's gonna lightning is gonna strike. Just a, a prickle on the back of your neck. Oh, I guess Bob's there too. So Bob would know all this as well. It is totally taking part and paying attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, look, you look at Scrambles and all of his fur is standing on end and he's like, what? My favorite part of this thing? Honestly, what I'm picturing is that we did that whole, like, we're pretending to work, and you being you just went to work. You're completely not us <laughs> anymore. You're actually doing the job. Yeah. And being deaf in the post when, when Will shouted, you know, hey, what was that? And I'm just working away, not even paid. <laughs> no idea what's going on. You're like, I'm gonna get paid, man. No joke. <laughs> Alright, so, as that feeling overtakes you, the mages all of a sudden stop casting that fire into the dress and start looking up towards the sky and out towards the ocean where you guys came, a little bit further north. You guys have enough ge- uh, uh, enough geography sense to know that they are looking straight towards the mana storm. And as you guys wait and these mages start prepping spells, you can see this armor begins to encase them. You see that their skin turns the texture of stone. Their eyes begin to glow. A couple of them sprout wings from their back. These three forms come zooming in from the direction of the open ocean and crash into the ground. One in front of you guys and two in front of the mages up top. That again, uh, that immediately begin to do battle. Everybody roll the initiative. Gosh. Hey, so we're going constructs. By the way, I have two guys that are both turtle themed. That is fantastic. Alright, uh, let me grab my marker here so I can actually write stuff down. We both missed. (laughs) (laughs) I think technically the green one is Cog. The the green one, that's my inspiration. Oh. Gotcha. Alright, so uh, who uh, is 20 or higher? Right? 20 to 15? 19. Okay. And let's just go down. What did you get? 11. (laughs) 11. Alright. Core? Or not core, uh, scrambles. 9. Okay. And Andrew 10. 10. (laughs) And Bob got a whopping 8. (laughs) Oh, Bob, this is not going to turn out well. Nope, not at all. Magnus doesn't have a leash here. Can we go around the table for a second and just say, like, what class we're all playing? Yeah, we should probably describe our characters for those at home. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Because I'm not sure what we're working with here combat-wise. Fair. You want to start? Uh, yeah, Scrambles is a tabaxi scout rogue. 
Um, so, Bob and I had to... Magnus has been a consistent enigma as far as getting him converted over to 5th edition. And so Bob and I decided last night, you know what? We're just going to make him an adventurer. And so... Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so Magnus is a white armor form of front fighter. Awesome. Uh, Cherno is, and I threw him like it earlier, it looks like Hades from, like, Disney's Hercules. Yeah. He is a level 3 warlock, level 1 cleric. Level 1 cleric is in Dockmancer, a.k.a. lawyer. And then the other three levels are for a library, as a library warlock. Most of his skill set is based on charming and deceiving, because his whole thing is he's trying, his big backstory is he's making warlocks out of me. So, I don't have a lot of combat power, but I have a lot of, oh, I'm just going to convince you to go the other way. He's the non-bard bard in the group. Yeah. Alright, and Bob Perfect. is, uh, uh, as you've heard, he basically is the 100% support offense character, so I don't have anything very powerful, but I can buff my allies' uh, damage uh, abilities, uh, etc. Get small. Get small! <laughs> I'm not going to get invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Danderman. I'm uh, three levels in Monk, but I am using a subclass that I made a while ago that pretty much just lets me utilize objects, so I enjoy putting bear traps on people's butts and throwing other things around. All about those booty traps. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, this magical creature comes zooming down, as I said, and crashes right kind of in front of the group. Magnus, you were a little bit further back from everybody. Uh, Will, or uh, Scrambles, and Cherno, you guys were kind of close-ish together, uh, having done that that blood collecting. Uh, Bob's off somewhere. Where would Dandy have been in relation to the group? Probably somewhere behind Cherno, I'd say. All right. So then it's you three grouped up. I'm going to say I probably would have gone somewhere around Magnus to help him with that spike, uh, probably carrying the bag, giving him a dart or something like that. So uh, we will go ahead then and start combat. It's going to go the enemy first, followed by Magnus, followed by Cherno, followed by Scrambles, followed by Dandy, followed by Bob. And this creature is going to be, he would have landed right in between all of us, so I'm going to say he is 20 feet uh, in between our whole collection here. So, the creature goes first, and this creature of magic holds out one of his hands towards... And I'm going to roll... One, two, three, four, Dandy. So, holds his hand out towards Dandy, shrieking at the top of his lungs about his back. And a bolt of uh, glowing <laughs> energy rockets towards you. Three of them, as a matter of fact. Which, uh, no, not, I don't think either of the warlocks have Eldritch Blast, do we? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. Alright, oh wow. Uh, so the three bolts streak towards you. That is a uh, 8, a 13, and a 16. One of them hits. Fantastic. That deals to you then. That deals to you 8 points of damage as it slams into you. Ah. So I definitely regret rolling for health because I only rolled a one. Oh no! <laughs> well, you do have a constitution right. bonus, so that does help a bit. Yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, sorry. So then we move on to Magnus. This creature just blasted Dandy with uh, bolts of magical arcane energy. And you said that was about 20 feet away from him? Yep, about 20 feet in the middle of all of us. I'd have none of this. <laughs> I'm going to charge in, and we're going to reckless attack. Nice. Bob? See? Will a 24 hit? No, not even close. Alright. And what type of damage is it? It will be uh, slashing from a magic weapon. That is, uh, we're going to, just because I always get to choose, basically I roll damage with advantage thanks to Savage Tiger. That is going to be 14 points of slashing damage oh, as yeah. I just scream, He's not even my friend yet, and you hurt him! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. My back is really sore now. <laughs> hey, you're an adventurer. You get paid to do that. This is officially Workman's Cup. <laughs> All right. That's Finally, things are turning up dandy. Yeah. Oh, All right, Turno, it is now your turn. Um, so, Turno is... Does he seem kind of batty? Is he kind of celestial? He seems 100% magic. So he is magic given for Ah. Like, the product of, do I know? Um, you can roll an arcana check if you like. Sure. Mm-hmm. Turtle 2.0, I actually can do that now. <gasps> Nat 20. Nat 20. Ooh. You would know. Let me pull it up because I don't remember all the resistances. Not that that gives stuff away. <laughs> you would know that it is resistant to basically all forms of magic and non-magical everything. So resist all. Basically, yeah. It has a single vulnerability, um, but... Oh, wait, wait, you rolled that 20, didn't you? You can tell that magic being controlled by the mind, psychic is its weakness. Where's Micah when you need him? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, I think I... Oh, I did grab something. Or no, I was going to grab the mind-splitting thing, but what kind of damage is... Hellish Rebuke is... Um... You usually can't be charmed, or if your time is fighting, it has advantage. Um... Failed to target this advantage on wisdom checks received. Oh, yeah, that won't help us any. Um... Ooh, Vicious Mockery. Damn it, you did take that. (laughs) I forgot about that. I'm like, there's no way anybody's gonna have this. So... <laughs> Turtles is gonna turn to him like almost a little mad. Flames in his head kind of go up, and he's gonna be like, "What do you think you are? What are you doing? Just attacking poor little men with injured backs? Do you know what kind of horrible person you are?" And Captain Vision Walker, he think that's awesome. That's All right. So as you can, uh... don't want to share that with me, but <laughs> all right. Uh, so as you go to cast that, what's the DC? Uh. Oh. Somewhere, uh, hmm. 12. Ah, I'm giving you guys the stats with that. Ah! <laughs> it's all right. Right. Okay, so then, uh, with a what? A 13, you said? Uh, DC 12. DC 12, alright. It failed. Yes. So go ahead. What do you say to it? Uh, well, the whole thing, like, do you oh, even. Oh, gotcha. Do you <laughs> even. You're a bad person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're an awful, awful creature. Um,. And so he just takes 1d4 psychic damage. Yeah. And it has disadvantage on his next attack roll. That's three damage. 
Okay. That's something. That disadvantage will really help, being as how many attacks he gets. So yeah, it yeah. must succeed in wisdom saving throw or take 1d4, and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. And it is psychic damage, so... Yes. It lets out a very loud shriek as your words just cut clear to its magical core. Being a, a magic user yourself, you're able to shape magic with your verbals components, so you pour some of that into there. And this creature begins to, to have issues uh, staying in one form. It starts to disperse just a little bit. It now, uh, we move on. Oh, anything is a bonus action? Or is that... uh, I like how this actually tells me what I can do. Um, definitely don't have that. Uh, nope, that's all. Alright, we then move on to Scrambles. Alright, um, since you're already attacking at Magnus, Scrambles is going to run up to it, um, and do a sneak attack on it with his rapier. Nice. See if this hits. Twelve. Twelve does not quite hit, unfortunately. Okay. Um, then he's gonna bonus action hide. Should I roll for stuff? <laughs> Go for it! That didn't work. Go away. <laughs> uh, stealth is a 26. Alright, if it ends up looking your direction, it'll contest that 26. That seems very cat-like based on my sister's cat who attacked me at RAM. <laughs> 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 there was no, like, the thing with sneak attack is normally I need uh, advantage to do it, but if there's an ally within five feet yep. of the target, yep. then I don't need the advantage. I can just run up and do it. Wait, Magnus, you didn't run up to it. Hello, listeners. Just letting you guys know, we had a couple of interruptions during the charity game, and this is one such interruption, so forgive the weird break in the middle of combat here. Alright, Dandy, what would you like to do? There we go. Uh... Does this thing look incorporeal, or am I going to be able to hit it with a club? Uh, you've noticed that you, when it's been struck, it does seem to have some resistance, like you're able to go through a little bit with the weapon, but it does still deal damage to it. And the more damage that's being dealt to it, the more it is uh, beginning to fade, the more incorporeal it is getting. Okay. Does it have a knee? Does it have knees and legs? <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. It's got a knee. <laughs> Only one, though. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, <laughs> just the one. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I will uh, use a bonus action to open up a bear trap, and then I'm going to just rush at it. I have 40 feet of movement speed, even though I'm 2 foot 8, <laughs> and I am going to attempt to put the bear trap on its knee. Oh, God, this makes me... So I need a... <laughs> a dexterity saving throw. How big is the thing we're fighting? Uh, it's medium sized. Oh, okay. I, I was we're fighting some gigantic. I agreed. Right? I thought this was like a rape battle against like <laughs> a massive. Creature. That's what I thought too. I no, like... this would this would be about as big as core. So bigger than a oh, normal, okay. but yeah. Uh, that was an eighteen. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> he moves out of the way then. Boy, it moves out of the way. Okay, yeah, you go to clamp it on the knee, and the fact that it's only got one knee is kind of messing with you. So when it's <laughs> it just doesn't quite do it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's my turn. <laughs> Great. <Okay. laughs> we then move on to Bob's turn. Bob is going to go ahead and not sure exactly what to do, is going to go ahead and close at uh, right across from uh, Magnus so that there's that that planking going on, 
and he's going to go ahead and swipe down his glaive with booming blade. So, no, he's not, because that was an 11. Uh, he goes to swing his glaive down, it just wishes right through the air where the creature would be. Uh, and then I don't have any bonus actions that I want to use at the moment. So I'm like a man who knows how to use a pole arm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even though I technically didn't this time. Um, so yeah, so we've got flanking now on him. Side note, this is going to be the first game with the Adventuring Guild where I actually have to pay attention that, on what I'm expending. Yeah. Because we're doing 24, 25 hours in a row. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many long rests are going to be in that. <laughs> One? Yeah, maybe. We'll have to see. Yeah, no kidding. One for Cherno, none for Michael. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. We how have... many levels of exhaustion are we going to... No joke. I'm starting with two. At least one. After all the building we did last night, I'm starting with one level of exhaustion. That's You're... 100%. Yeah, would, would you like caffeine pill? Not yet. Thank you. So... <laughs> I think, I think by, by the time I got home and got to bed, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was 2 by the time I finally crashed. All right. So, uh, the magical creature is going to go ahead and attack. Oh, that's the d20. I need a d6 to figure out who. Five. So, back to Bob. Uh, he is going to go ahead and hail, hold his head out, hand out to Bob. And actually, since Bob has spell slots... Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, when he goes and sticks his hand out for me to shake, I cannot resist and I have to shake too. That makes me have to make a wisdom saving throw. Which I fail, so I lose one spell slot. Ah. Oh, it is absorbed damn. and heals. Um, Do you need the healing potion per level? No, I it's uh, D10 per level. And it stole a first level slot from me, because that's all I got. And it recovered seven points. Awesome. I was just going to remind you guys we have Canadian coffee-based chocolate bars. I might end up having one. I'm going to need to get American not coffee-based chocolate something later. <laughs> I had a Snickers. <laughs> Not angry anymore. We need to get right on some more sweet tarts. <laughs> They're completely different. Yeah, not all related to what they are. Same with Smarties. <laughs> anyway, so yes, uh, a bag of Smarties at home. Smarties are sweet chalk. <laughs> Alright, so the uh, creature absorbed a spell slot from Bob and seemed to regain some of its abilities. So we then move on to Magnus. Magnus is going to continue not having any of this. <laughs> and we are going to, you know, not not being used to fighting in a in a in a group because he's been alone for a while. Forgets that flanking is a thing, and so we are going to continue to attack recklessly. Awesome. So then it's just a straight roll. <laughs> flanking cancels it out. No no. It, wouldn't it both be a double advantage, so just regular advantage? Oh, recklessly attack. That's right. I was thinking you took disadvantage to do the bonus no. damage. No, well, that, anybody, anybody yeah. that attacks him has advantage. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I was thinking of uh, Great Weapon, I think it's minus 10 or whatever. That um, is, um... Oh, I can't even think of it right now. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. But I have not taken that... I did, I did not take that feat. Not nope, quite. Not quite. Oh, no. no, that's only that's that's uh, an eleven to hit. What? A little bit short. Unfortunately, uh, Bob's brain being sucked out of his eyeballs um, makes his flail or makes the blade uh, kind of swing around a little bit. And as you go to strike, 
it collides with Bob's glaive and it ricochets off, doing no damage to the magical element. Someone needs to teach you how to properly use a pole arm. Yeah, as, as my brains are being sucked out of my eyeballs, I'm like, ah! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anything in the bonus action? Action surge? Awesome! And we're gonna try that again. Okay. That, that's um, thankfully not in that one. That is a 18 to hit. That definitely hits then. Half butt. <laughs> Bob, I rolled a 9 and a 10, so that's going to be uh, 17 points of slashing damage. That is amazing. And 9 and a 10 only does 17? Oh, oh wait. He has to roll both and pick the highest of the yep, two. Savage Attacker. Gotcha. Yes. Oh. I'm just going to roll them both at the same time. Oh. Yeah, yep. gotcha. And uh, your weapons are magical, correct? Yes. That's what I thought. Both because I you know, paid like $9 for that, but also Weapon Bond makes them Oh, oh I didn't want to see what my Patreon will do for that. <laughs> I got some good stuff. Mine. Alright, so then we move on to Cherno. This creature is definitely starting to discorporate, not as badly as what you would have expected, but he's definitely starting to get wispy. Okay, I'm gonna... So do you want me... If I'm casting Vicious Mockery, personal plus roll is whenever you cast it, you have to do something. Oh, yes, 100%. Alright, do you want me to say it before or after the roll? Whichever you want. We'll, we'll say it and we'll see if it has any effect on him. Okay. And... He's just going to give a look like, how you doing here? Don't look like you're holding yourself together that much. Are these guys too much for you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that was a seven. <laughs> so he failed. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. And another three damage. Another three damage, and it's psychic, so he's vulnerable. <laughs> All right. We then move on. Oh, anything is a bonus action one up? Yep. Scrambles. Scrambles is going to come back around for another pass at him. And it's going to sneak attack with the rapier. Well, that's an 11. And you have advantage because we're flanking. And how about a 14? 14 will hit, exactly. Okay, so that is. A D8 plus 5, and an additional 2D6 attack damage. Holy crap! That, that so is that is damage. absolute max damage. That is fantastic. I got an 8 plus 5, 13 plus 12, 25. And then as a bonus action... <laughs> Magical weapons first up? Yeah, they're both plus 1. I took okay, the, okay. I took the, um, yep. the perk beats. But bonus action, I'm gonna shoot with my hand crossbow. As I'm running by, I'm just like, and then I turn back and fantastic. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen, yes, that hits. That's gonna be six damage. Six damage. It is barely holding on to its wispy existence. So we then. And I'm just gonna whisper, eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think you already did that. <laughs> <laughs> we then move on to Dandy. No, that's the bad kind of sucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hit it in the the knee with my club. <laughs> okay. For uh, twenty three to hit. Wow! <laughs> yes. All that did keep together was the knee. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> uh, five points. 
Five points. Five points of bludgeoning. Fantastic. And then I'm going to spend a key point to do flurry of blows, and I'm going to. Does it have a hand? What's that? Does it have a hand? Oh yes, yes. Does... It has two large hands. Can I bite at its hands? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jump in the air and grab it. Uh, it's going to be a twenty and a fifteen. Yep, both hit. Okay. Uh, 11 points of damage all up. Nice. Uh, you see it rolls up a magical newspaper and starts hitting you. No! Down! Down! No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm frothing from the mouth for some reason. <laughs> Fantastic. We're then on to Bob's turn. Uh, Bob did not like having that spell slot taken, but he's going to go ahead and try and toll the dead this time. Uh, so then saving throw from it... Which it fails, and since it's damaged, a d12. Four points of damage. Not great, but not too terrible. It is basically down to single digits, and we move on to it. Alright, so um, it's got Cherno and Bob Dandy currently biting it. Oh, I haven't used this. Let me look up the spell real quick, and uh, I think I'm going to need deck saving throws from uh, everybody within five feet. So, hey, not me. Hmm? Not me. Oh, it actually shows you the incentive? That's yeah. really cool. I added a bit late. 18. Save. 18, all right. Um, oh, in a 15-foot cube, so... And it's a constitution save. I was wrong. Uh, 14. 14. I think everybody's within 15 feet, or did you stay outside of 15 feet? I stayed back, because okay. I have... No AC to speak of. <laughs> okay. And I'm pretty sure Rich is watching her. Yeah, 60 feet. I don't care if Turtle's like, hey! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have the face! Alright, Magnus. Megaphone all the way in the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what am I rolling again? Constitution saving throw. Bob failed big time. Um, Con, that is a 11. An <laughs> 11. Alright. So then, uh, and I'll wait till Core gets back, and then we will um, uh, figure him out. Uh, if you failed, so if you rolled less than a 13, you take 8 points of thunder damage and are pushed 10 feet away from the creature. Uh, if you succeeded, then it's only 4 points of damage, and you're not pushed back. I can take 8. Alright, constitution saving throw, Core. Or, uh, scrambles. I like how the... I clamps. This is my uh, nineteen. All right, so then you only take four points of damage and are not pushed back. Okay. It casts thunder wave. Uh, we then move on to Magnus, and pretty much if you hit it, it's dead. More <laughs> <laughs> cry if I ever heard one. Well, I just dropped a d twenty on the floor, so uh, we'll do that later. Dropped it. That's a 22 to hit. Yes, that definitely hits. I have a plus 7 modifier to damage. That will kill it. How do you end this large magical creature? Yes. As you slice it down the middle, the two spectral, uh, wispy, magical... Oh, it's a oh, wow, it's over there. Um, as, as you cut this creature, it splits and its two wispy forms just kind of peel to the side and then evaporate out. 
So, uh, anybody that wants to or that has spell slots, make an arcana check. Danderbit, I would count you in this as well because you can technically do magic. Yes. Uh, mine was else. Oh, Twelve. Seven. Okay, seven. What was that, Dandy? Twelve. No, his is 12. Oh, his was 12? Okay. Then uh, Dandy and I both gained back one spell slot from absorbing the residual magic. I did not, but I didn't lose any. <laughs> no, I'm just clapping. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm like, what did that miss? Who rolled a one? <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a happy clapping. You see, as you guys have just finished off this creature, the two mages at the top have just finished off their two magical beams, and you look, and you can hear this pulse come from inside of that rasp, almost like a heartbeat. And these mages' eyes get absolutely huge. They whip around and start firing magic uh, fire back into the cavity of the Tarrasque. Oh, wait, can't the big evil beast is the Tarrasque? Oh, god beast. I reskinned the Tarrasque with even more evil abilities. Okay, I thought, honestly, the way you described it in my head, I'm like, there's the god beast, and over there's a Tarrasque. They're also... Yes, no. <laughs> no, yes, the Tarrasque and the god beast are one. I'm just reskinning it because I added lots of other evil things to it. Braden can attest to that. Kind of like Elisand. It's going to be a battle between the two. Yep. All right. So uh, you guys are uh, noticing that 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 heartbeat started even in the just a few seconds that these mages were battling uh, these magical creatures, and they immediately turned around and began channeling flame magic back inside the Tarrasque to to keep that heart from beating. How far away is it? Uh, you guys would have been about 20 feet away from the creature, so between 20 and 30 feet away from the body of the Tarrasque. The actual heart would be clear up there in the air. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to start shooting at it with my hand crossbow. If you want to give it a shot, you're welcome to. It's about, I'll call it 90 to 120 feet away. Mm, I think that's out of range. You can do it at disadvantage if you like. Nah, I'm not going to. Okay. Alright, so uh, you see those mages immediately begin doing that again. What would you guys like to do now? You didn't really notice... Any more creatures come out of anywhere? That pull towards that spike in the ground is still there, but it's not, you know, you've kind of started to grow accustomed to it. Um, and you can see that all the magic is still kind of slightly leaning towards that. Well, I don't know about you guys, but how about we get the fuck out of here? <clears throat> well, very eloquently put. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Whatever you guys would like to do. I mean, didn't we come here to try and get allies? That's what I thought. Well, like, have we, we made any friends yet? There is a Tarrasque that is literally oh. coming back to life. We've got to go. Yep, we since... find friends somewhere else. Since you guys did clear uh, those two enemies, uh, you gain one additional source point. You're at two? Yep, you are at two source points, and you have cleared two objectives. Cool source. All right. You can tell that there may be more of these creatures roaming around. Um, but you don't see any right here next to the crystal. If you wanted to spread out or <laughs> split the party, um, if you guys right wanted away. to go search the town and uh, try and see if you can find any other magical oddities or things like that, you could. Um, otherwise, you guys can, you know, flee and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say there was like a potions place or something? I'm pretty messed up from that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Potion cellar. Oh. Yeah, you can go up to the potion cellar if you like. 
We are going into battle. Yes. You need only your strongest potions. All right. So you guys go up to the potion shop, and you can see that they have got full, high-quality, normal magic potions, the 2d4 plus 2 uh, variety on sale for 60 gold pieces. Otherwise, they have these hybrid potions that mix a little bit of Tarrasque blood in to kind of dilute it, but it still has the regenerative properties of a health potion, but it's a little bit more risky. And they are on sale for 12 gold pieces. I'll take one. All right. You fork over 12 gold pieces, you grab this potion, it heals the same 2d4 plus 2. However, I need you to roll me a percentile die when you do that. Okay, let me heal up to 6, 8, back. And percentile, perfect. As long as it's not a nat 1, we're good. Not one of the percentile is taken. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. You notice that you're... Um, actually, you know what? No, I don't want to decide for you. We're going to make this random. Uh, so go ahead and roll me. Let me find the table on here for that. Loading, 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 loading. word or Cure Wounds better? Mm-hmm. Cure Wounds is better. It does the D8, but you have to be touching. Healing word, you can shout at somebody from across the room, but I think it only heals a D4. I, I'm a man of words. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then prayer for healing takes like 10 minutes yeah. to cast. Alright, go ahead and roll me a d10. Cut. Uh, one. A one. You. Okay, well, there's two options here. Go ahead, uh, Corp, roll me a d whatever. Uh, tell me if it's odd or even. Not core, scrambles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to keep calling you core this entire damn time. I know I was waiting to make sure that you were going a D10. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just odds or evens. Odd. Odd. All right. You feel like even though you're, you know, 2-8 or whatever, and your muscles, while well-defined, are not, like, bulging, you all of a sudden notice that, wow, I'm really bulking up. I'm getting swole. So, for right now, your maximum strength, <laughs> this is a, a temporary boost, your maximum strength increases by 2 to a maximum of 20. Wow. So, it's a plus 1. Cool. I have I have a, a flat 0 now. <laughs> <laughs> you are too ahead of Turbo. <laughs> He's now wearing a tank top and calling everybody bro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So uh, that effect happened, and the, the per- potion merchant that looked at you said, Oh, that's actually a pretty good outcome. You don't want to see what happens to some of the other people that drink this. Why do you sell these? They're cheap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can either sell regular potions at twice the price, or scoop up a little bit of blood, mix it with a little bit of health potion, do one of these, and yeah. <laughs> do one of these? All right. And... What exactly would happen if you just straight up drank blood? Like that blood, not normal blood, but like terrestrial <laughs> blood. Other than the fact that we'll start calling you a uh, uh, vampire and uh, sunlight will start hurting your eyes. Um, yeah. Uh, if you drank it straight up, you would 100% have some sort of strange mutation happen, but it would likely end up being permanent. 
Awesome! Like, what kind of... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the turtle was, like, way more interested suddenly. As they say, curiosity killed the cats. Well, I, I can <laughs> I can tell you right now that the one that you drew, or the one, the mute, the one that you drew, you rolled for this, obviously, in real life. Um, the mutation that affected you is uh, a, probably a one in... 50 chance, uh, you know, it's about 50-50 on whether or not it'll hurt you, but um, the the effects get worse the more you drink. And eventually you okay. become basically a Tarrasque person, or a god beast uh, human type thing. You're unable to move, you're, you crave blood, you can't stand the sunlight, all sorts of terrible things happen to you eventually. Do you sell blood? <laughs> uh, no, that's actually controlled by the guilds, uh, not not your guilds as they look upon your your affiliations, but the uh, harvesters uh, of the blood. Uh, that guild is the ones that uh, control all of the blood, and you have to go through them to purchase it. I might be selling blood if you're buying. <laughs> no. <laughs> and the official no. establishment of the first Red Cross begins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you be willing to buy? But with one more potion for eleven gold and five silver? Uh, yeah, that, that'll work. We'll, we'll shake on it. Don't forget, by the way, everyone here gained an extra fifty-some gold from the extra life reaching the first milestone. Not yet. That'll be at the very end. We're going to take total donations and we're going to um, divide them in half. But if you guys want to keep track, you can just subtract it off the end if you guys really need cash. Yeah, okay. I, 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 Bob, I still have like 400 gold that I haven't spent yet. I know. I did it. I told you. How are we figuring the gold that our characters have when we start this? Because uh, 300 plus whatever your background you Yeah. Okay, and then we just draw a 3 next to that 10. And while he does that, do you want me to show you how to manually add donations to your extra life cafe? Uh, you the cash donation? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Well, I figured once we get it all done, I'll... Okay. Because uh, Jessica might be showing up, and Mom said she might show up, too. So I was just figuring that way it's going to update your little ticker. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, go ahead and... <laughs> just a second, guys. You know how to do that. Take five. Oh, well, can, is it the same thing on the overlay, or is it just um, through the Extra Life website or the itself? site? Okay, yeah, then I can update it on Extra Life. Perfect. All right, we have 25 more dollars to add. Say goodbye. All right, guys, we will be right back in just five minutes. You can also switch to just chatting. Oh, just chatting. Coffee break. Since we took a break in the real game at this point, we decided to break the episode here. So when we get back, it will be kind of in that awkward spot where we figure out what the crew is going to do. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Charity Stream and the Chaos Plan. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the game and support the podcast, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com slash adventuringguild, and there you can pledge to either become a sponsor or a player, or both if you like. So thank you all very, very much for listening, and we hope you join us again next week.